That is hardcore. This is hardcore shit. But for me, it's harder and harder to resist. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Hardcore Horror with Mike and Bridget. And I am Mike, so that means you must be... Bridget! What's up, Mike? Uh, uh, (laughs) What is going on? Listen, we have a crazy episode tonight. Uh, I'm pretty excited about this. We have a guest. Tell me who we got. So we're bringing on Carl York. Um, so he, Carl he York. he's an actor mostly known for Cannibal Holocaust. Um, right. Yes. And wow. Talk about hardcore horror movie. Don't get much hardcore horror than that. Yes. Too. Yes. And he was he was one of the leads. He was the main the, the main character in Cannibal Holocaust. Um, I believe his character's mm-hmm. name was Alan Yates. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Man, really excited to talk to him. Before we get to him, let's uh, run over a few little things real quick, okay? Yeah. Um, the first thing I want to talk about was uh, we've talked about this ad nauseum, really, but uh, I was reading an article again recently about uh, about these streaming channels and stuff. And we talked again, we've talked about this how there's just so much content out there in the world and everything. Uh, I just wanted to bring this to your attention. Uh, so apparently, there's over 200 sort of major apps streaming apps but uh as far as like the little bitty apps because you know there's a lot of little bitty individual apps out there uh for streaming and stuff like that apparently there's almost forty thousand channels wow wow that is a lot of content (laughs) yeah that's a lot (laughs) that's crazy (laughs) wow crazy that's crazy to think about it 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 is really crazy to think about, but it's um it's cool. To, I, I, one thing I do like about streaming is you can find it's the it's just such a wide, crazy, huge variety. Um, mm-hmm. You have all these different genres, and if you're like, I want to watch a Hollywood movie, or I just want to watch a little um, local independent horror movie, you can stream that too. That sometimes, so it's. That's one good thing about streaming, but 40,000. Wow, that is so crazy. 40,000. You take one channel like Tubi. I can never watch all of Tubi. I can never watch a, you know, a tenth of Tubi, you know, uh, <laughs> just it alone. But imagine all the others. Yeah, there's, it's, it's crazy. And, and it, it does um, make me think about the content and where we're going and where it's going to be in the next 10 years. Like, I wonder how much we're going to rely on new things coming in. Cause, you know, there, Every day, there's something new coming in. You know, content creators themselves, you know, are creating things all the time. But movies, shorts, I mean, there's just so much coming in constantly. We're inundated with all this stuff. You can never keep up. Um, so if you're like a, a person who is a completist and they want to come, you know, you want to uh, watch everything, uh, forget it. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen, happen for, <laughs> for sure. And it's hey, not going to happen. And, you know, it's like you and I talking, you and I talking on the podcast and be like, Hey, what have you watching? What have you been watching? And I'll be mm-hmm. like, Oh my God, I haven't even seen that movie. Like how bad is that? Or you know, right, right. it's yeah. impossible to watch everything. It is. Um, it's absolutely impossible. Um, speaking of watching things, what have you been watching? Uh, so I, um, I did have just a, a few things. Um, okay. and I know I'm, so, you know, I've worked, um, creepy con, 
was that this last weekend actually and um you come down you came down so we don't actually mm-hmm. see each yeah. other in person a whole lot so um yeah it was a lot of fun i had a lot of fun it was great yeah 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 a lot of fun met a lot of really cool people and so but i was busy getting getting ready for that but one of the conversations that you and i had was um because we're hardcore horror and we like to talk about extreme movies so mm-hmm. we're gonna sure. start we're gonna start uh, watching one extreme horror movie the same one and we're going to talk about it so and i think sure. we have that on our list so but let me let me get to my list that um before we get into that um okay. so i did watch a movie last night that was uh pretty good i'd never even heard of it and it's starring john voight i love him love love okay. love him as an actor i think he's great um, but the movie is called dangerous game the legacy murders you heard of this one so that's, that's that's like the new version of it right i i have heard of it i haven't seen it Oh, so like oh, the, is this the, is that so? That's a, a remake. Well, the Dangerous Game—that's a story. You know, they did that way back. I think Fayray did that. You know, way they've done many versions of that movie and uh, that story. But uh, yeah, I think oh, this is okay. like an up, updated version of it. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it's, um, okay. So I've never heard of it before. So Dangerous Games: The Legacy Murders just come out in uh, 2022. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind. It's a. I love it because it. It has a little a little story about um H. H. Holmes in there, you know, America's first serial killer. And okay. so it's a it's about a family that gets trapped in a mansion on a remote island and mm-hmm. the house is supposed to be built like the murder castle. You know, okay. Uh, you lived in Chicago, you know the whole story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, about mm-hmm. the murder sure. castle. So Absolutely. but it, the storyline was like yeah. different and so I, I thought it was really good. It's definitely worth a watch. Um, right. Okay. So uh, when I when I was in Knoxville, um, we did watch a fun movie. I'd never seen it, never even heard of it, and I'm glad I found it because it was really good. It's called Thirteen Fanboy. Um, oh, the, oh, the one about the the guy who's obsessed with uh, um, Jason movies, right? Yeah, and it's I liked it because <laughs> of all the actors from all the Friday right. the Thirteenth movies, and I, right. I thought that was I thought that was a pretty cool fun spin on it. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, here's one that here's one that I watched. Um, Nefarious. Have you heard, heard of Nefarious? I've heard of it. I've not seen it. Okay, so, so it's a it's a religious horror movie, isn't it? Uh, n- no, <laughs> no, no. Okay, I, 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 I wouldn't think. No, I wouldn't think so. It's uh, um, okay. it's about a guy. He's on death row, and and he's you think he's got like split personality or alter egos, and and I'm sitting here going. Damn, this guy's a fucking good actor. The way he'd flip, flip, he'd like be acting like this and just flip personalities. And I had no idea who this person was. It's Sean Patrick Flannery. Oh, okay. And yeah. I'm like, oh my god, he's he's aged a lot. I mean, like a lot. I didn't even recognize him. Damn, kudos to him for his acting. This is really really good. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, watch a, another movie called Girl um, 2020. It was eh, okay. Girl 2020? Yeah. But it was called Girl is from 2020. That's my bad. Uh, oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Have you seen um, Have you seen that one? I don't think I've heard of that one. Okay. Girl? It's, it's yeah. just called Girl? It's just called Girl. That's it. No, I um, it doesn't ring a bell. Yeah. It was, eh, it was okay. It's one I just checked off the list. Um, I watched another movie called Stalker. That was all. Funny, all these are from like 2020. It's so funny. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> Stalker, I don't, I don't think I remember that one either. I mean, I've watched a bunch of movies. Yeah. Not stalkers. Oh, uh, oh, tw- 20, 
the girl Bella Thorne. Yeah, okay, I have seen that. Movie. Have you? Okay, seen, yeah, it's kind of like eh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, there was one I watched the other night, and I, I feel like this movie had like so much potential to be good, but I, I turned out I didn't. I didn't end up liking it. It was called We Need to Do Something. Yeah, I saw that too, and I didn't particularly care that much for it. I, I remember the ending being really like kind of let down. Yes, um, that's what the problem was. I was well, like, oh my God, they could have done so much with that. I'm like, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I over. There were parts I liked, but yeah, there was that. And, some, I, and it's been so long, I don't even remember what the ending was, but I remember being let down. But yes, yeah. So, um, note to self if you, uh, we need to do something. God, I had so much great potential, but it's like they ran out of ideas at the end and just cut it off. And a lot of the movie wasn't even explained. It's just, um, no good. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um, let's see. I also watched um, Purge Forever because um, I started okay, watching so the Purge movies. Right, right, right. Um, this one was so okay. Still... It was, the, the Purge Forever was just okay to me. I didn't think it was mm-hmm. as good as the first, second one. I don't even know if Purge, I don't think Purge Forever is the third one. It might even be the fourth one. I didn't realize there were right. so many of these. Oh, yeah. And they're making another one, too. Um, <laughs> they, they just keep going with them. Just yeah. keep going with them. Yeah. Yeah. So, Purge Forever, eh, it was all right. I mean, it was okay. It wasn't terrible. Mm-hmm. But um, right. so, not a, lot, not a lot. I don't have a lot on my list. And I'll let you run through your list before we, we talk about this movie that you sent me, our extreme oh. pick of the week. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I got a list. So, let me run through it real quick. Okay. Right. First thing I saw was Insidious, The Red Door. That's the new Insidious. You like it? It's pretty good. I mean, if you like the Insidious movies as a whole, I think you'll enjoy it. And it goes back to the roots, you know, a little bit with the uh, – it focuses mo- mostly on the sun, really, more than <clears throat> anybody else. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you like those kind of movies – I mean, personally, I think the first one is classic, and it, you really can't – it doesn't get any better than that one. Um, I, and two is pretty good, too. But they, it's, it's, uh, it's still set in the same, you know – the universe and same character and stuff so it's it's pretty good i enjoyed it i mean i didn't i didn't love it it's not it's not again the best of the franchise but it, it's decent enough okay up, up next was cobweb i think you watched that last week last uh podcast um yeah, yeah i like i liked it okay well about halfway through it i'm like i think what the heck is this about and, then, and like why is it called Co- cobweb <laughs> uh eventually you get there right but um <laughs> uh it's 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 okay you know, that's kind of what uh, I thought. I think I remember saying that I was just like, yeah, I mean, it was, it was all, I mean, it was all right. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think they played it a little too much, like trying to make the parents so evil, you know, a little bit because it's like, whoa, what is, what is happening right now? Yeah. Um, uh, up next was a movie from 1971 called play Misty for me. Have you seen this movie? No, I haven't. Uh, this is a uh, directed and starring Clint Eastwood. I, I I lump it in here because it's not, but it's not really horror. I guess I mean it kind of is. It's like a thriller. It's more like a fatal attraction kind of a thing, really. But there is deaths in it and stuff. So pretty good, pretty good little movie. Um, up next was a movie called Bad Things. This was on Shutter. Have you seen this movie? I don't think so. Bad Things. Yeah. Uh, so the director Stuart Thorndike. Um, it made a movie uh, a while back called Lyle. Did you ever see Lyle? I don't think so. Uh, Lyle was like a, a, a queer adaptation of Rosemary's Baby, mm-hmm. which, I mean, it just kind of was. And so Bad Things is kind of like a queer adaptation of The Shining. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it was okay. I mean, if I want to see The Shining, I'm going to go watch The Shining because it's pretty good, you know? Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, another little film called Dark Hours. Nothing major there. Return to Horror High. That's uh, got George Clooney. I don't know if you've seen that one. It's kind of a horror comedy from uh, the late 80s. It's yeah. Pretty, pretty decent. Uh, I watched The Blackening. Have you, you you know what I'm talking about? That movie, the horror comedy? The Blackening? I don't think so. You haven't seen that poster? We can't all die first. Seven friends go away for the weekend and end up trapped in a cabin with a killer who has a vendetta. Will their street smarts and knowledge of horror movies help them stay alive? Probably not. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's all right. I thought it was going to be a lot funnier than it was. I didn't think it was super funny, you know, like, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's worth a watch. Okay. Worth a watch. Okay. Um, up next was uh, the cabinet of Dr. Caligori. Uh, not the original. This one actually came out in 2005. Um, and it's kind of weird because, uh, so like the original, right. It was a solid movie. Right. Know? Right. Uh, so this one isn't, you know, it, it isn't, but what, they they do is they actually place the actors inside the frames of the old movie. Oh, it's, really? It's, yeah, it's very it's very strange because I didn't even know what was happening when I was watching. It. I thought this is really odd because all the worlds were kind of like you know um, a, a Tim Burton kind of feel or something, and so I was like, "What is why why is this just off?" And that's what it was. They were they somehow. Again, CGI. I, I'm not sure exactly, exactly what. <clears throat> I'm not sure exactly what they did, but they, they, yeah, they replaced them all, put them in, put them in the in the old uh, movie. Uh, it's very weird. Uh, up next was a, a rewatch of this. I'm pretty sure I've seen this before. Uh, Abraham Lincoln versus Zombies. Have you seen this movie? Not that one. I remember. I remember there's a bunch of Abraham <laughs> Lincoln movies yeah, that all like come out right. Hunter. Yeah, they all kind of mm -hmm. come out right there together. Yeah, and but that yeah. one I haven't heard of though. Well, you should go check it out. You know why? Because uh, the guy who plays Abraham Lincoln is our old friend Bill Oberst Jr. Oh, okay. All uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Circus of the Dead. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So, worth a watch. Worth a watch. Okay. Up next was a little film called Follow Me. came out in uh, 2020. <laughs> uh, the year you like to watch. Um, this one is um, kind of a saw meets uh, like escape room. Okay. Kind of a deal. Okay. I didn't. I didn't think it was actually going to be very good, but I actually, I actually liked it. I thought it was pretty good. Okay. Uh, it actually ended up, ended up uh, exceeding my expectations. Up next was a little ghost film, uh, Behind You. I did a rewatch of uh, William William Freakin's Bug, which I think I told you about that movie. You got to watch that movie. It's just it's great. It's uh, Ashley Judd, Ashley Judd and Michael Shannon. It's fantastic. Okay, I'm gonna put it on my list right now. Okay. Um. Up next was a movie called Ritual, which was supposed to have been somehow connected with the Tales from the Crypt, but I don't. This is kind of one of those things that they just slapped the name on. Because <laughs> I, I really like the other Tales from the Crypt movies, like The Bordello of Blood and Demon Knight. Yeah. This one eh, <laughs> wasn't that great. <laughs> it wasn't that great. Uh, up next was a movie called Subject that's on uh, Screenbox. It was okay. Uh, up next was Bo is Afraid. Um, and I only only include this because it does include it as horror, but I don't really think it's a horror movie. It's by that guy, Ari Aster, you know, the guy who made the movies that you love? 
Who are you that's talking me being... Oh, <laughs> I me. was like, who are you talking about? <laughs> it's, that's me. That's me being sarcastic. Oh, he made okay. um, Midsomar and um, Hereditary. Oh, he makes all like the super slow burns. Uh huh. Yeah. Is Bo is afraid? Is, it... is the super slow burn? Um, I mean, it's not really maybe like that necessarily, but it's a really weird movie. It's a really weird movie. It's not a horror movie, I don't really think, but it's more of a comedy. It's trying to be a comedy, I think. But it, I mean, there's definitely a lot of surreal stuff into it, you know? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I I didn't hate it at all, but it definitely is um, probably not for everybody. Um, up next was a little film that I got while we were at CreepyCon, Pit Fire of Hell. Okay. Uh, this was uh, director Bob East, and uh, so I met the, uh, some of the cast and crew there. And uh, so this is like an anthology, so it's a little fun little um, super low-budget uh, anthology, just a lot of different uh, – it's about people just you know around sitting around you know telling each other stories and stuff. So. Oh, okay, fun. Pretty decent. Uh, up next was uh, The Dark Room. Which uh, you sent me the link to from uh, these guys that we also met at CreepyCon. Yeah, so I did watch that. I did watch that one too, and I didn't even mention it because um, mm-hmm. we're uh, talking to them. They're really cool, and so they um, they're going to come on and be on our podcast here um, pretty soon. Uh-huh. So yeah, well, it's, it'll be very cool to you know uh, ask them about this movie. Here's the thing I took away from the movie: I started the movie, and as soon as they get the credits, I'm like, "Hey, I've worked with that girl." That is so funny because that was that was Tracy. He was like, "Oh, that's what he's like." We were in a couple things together, and he started rattling off these things. I was like, "God, it's such like a small little world," you know? Yeah. So, so Kayla Perkins, she's uh, like sort of, the, I guess, the lead actress. I guess you could say. Um, yeah, she's been in a couple of my movies. So, oh, okay, yeah, that's cool. So, so Tracy's worked with her also on a couple of oh, really? things. So, yeah, so okay. she's done a lot. Yeah. Then, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so, uh, up next, I did a rewatch of Cannibal Holocaust because we're, we're going to talk to Carl later, and I wanted to uh, bone up on that. Of course, I've seen the movie, obviously, uh, before. Uh, I've seen it, too. Like f- Not going to lie. <laughs> I did a rewatch of it um, earlier today. <laughs> yeah. This is maybe like the third or fourth time I've seen it. It's not really a movie that you have to rewatch to remember, you know? Certain movies, I'm like, I'll watch it once and won't remember anything. It's not It's not the case with that movie. <laughs> definitely, <laughs> you know? definitely not. <laughs> no. Um up next the last thing i want to talk about is killer book club okay Watch this i feel movie. like i've heard of this one but this one's on netflix okay yeah uh, so uh, eight horror loving friends fight for their lives when a killer clown who seems to know the grim secret they share begins to pick them off one by one. Okay. so what did you th- did you like it I, I did. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, it is probably the biggest ripoff movie, uh, an original movie I've ever seen. But that being said, I had a lot of fun with it because it pays homage to 90s movies. And, you know, I love my 90s. Uh, but, it, I mean, it's a complete ripoff of Scream, sort of mixed with other movies like I know, know what you did last summer. Uh, but Scream specifically, they, these, the filmmaker – love scream and i love scream too so i i enjoyed it okay but uh so it is a killer it's not a clown really it's a mask that kind of looks like a clown mm-hmm. but uh a lot of fun a lot of fun scenes a lot of scenes that i go oh i've seen that before in scream <laughs> but you know and it's kind of funny because you had the 80s and people have this 
crazy nostalgia for the 80s and people love it and so there have been so many movies that have been a throwback to the 80s but now we're getting to a point where some people are doing throwbacks to the 90s i know that's that's great so i was born in the 80s but you know i was in high school in the 90s so i watched mm-hmm. a lot of movies in the 90s you know my teenage right. years so mm-hmm. i, I kind of love me some 90s i'm not gonna lie <laughs> yeah yeah so you know that's just uh that's just the way uh, the way it's going right now. It's just kind of a renaissance of the '90s and stuff. So I'm here for it. I I do enjoy that that sort of stuff. So uh, that's all I got. So uh, so we have a movie. We both watched it. The hard, a hardcore movie. Set it up. So you sent me this movie. Hey, check this out. You know the funny thing uh-huh. is, is that uh-huh. I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to the title because mm-hmm. the the title is called regurgitated sacrifice but when you're reading it it's re dash and then it's gore in all caps right Mm -hmm. so i saw the gore and i just kind of like went over my head the gorgitated (laughs) so Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean i was five minutes in going what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) wow i mean i made it through the whole thing but it is I mean, it's every, it's extreme. It's extreme. Everything about it is extreme. And, and they kind of, you know, you have all these different things that bother different people. And they did it all, all of it. <laughs> it's one movie. I, I don't Pretty feel much. like there was really a plot to it. It was, um, there was like, uh, not, not really, not really, not, um, not re- right. Not really. Sort of. Sort there of. is a dia- There is dialogue, and it, it and it, yeah, sort. Yeah, right, sort of, <laughs> but so, not really. Yeah. So it's it's funny. It's funny. Um. So this is a film by um Lucifer Valentine, mm-hmm. and I had heard about some of his other movies, never seen any. And if you look at the cover of some of his films, it looks like a little kindergartner's like, like kindergarten drawing. Yeah. Yeah. So you're like, like oh, harmless little, harmless little PG movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the cover is of this one. What's the cover of this one? Do you know? Uh, yeah, it's got like a little like pig and a little duck, and it says, "Is Satan real?" But it's like a little cute drawing. Yeah, it's a little yeah. kid drawing. I saw one with a, a grasshopper on it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what movie it is, but so it's <laughs> you can't, you have no idea what you're getting into when you're looking at the cover of this shit because. <laughs> No, no. I think it's part of the wow factor. I mean, it's <laughs> the the only thing that I struggle with, and it was so much, um, was the the finger and the hands down the throat and the puking. That was a lot of puking. A lot, a lot of, of, a lot of puking in there. Um, like, and I think that's I think that's his mo. Like the puking thing, I think is pretty much a staple in all of his movies. I think I this is actually the only one I've watched thus far. But from what I can tell, that's that's pretty much a, a something he does a lot. It is weird. Like the, the, we talk about these things. I after I watched this, I was like, some some people are like think like the puking things like an art. I don't know if you remember um, Lady Gaga had a a girl. She was some kind of artist. Like she would go and drink like the shit a two liter bottle of this green stuff. And she would drink it on stage with Lady Gaga, and she, then she'd run her finger down her throat and puke this green <laughs> slime all over Lady Gaga, and it'd be like glow in the dark. I mean, it was just, but that was oh. like, but it was quote artistic. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, 
Interesting. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You 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 don't have to YouTube that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that sounds weird. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, what do you think about it? Let's just get into it. What? Um. Well, I probably won't ever watch it again. Okay. I'll probably never watch it again. It was a little. I mean, this shit might have been a little extreme for me. <laughs> Oh, ooh, li- we've reached we've reached a, a moment. A little, I mean, it it didn't bother me, it didn't phase me or anything like that. I just probably mm-hmm. wouldn't watch it again. I'm like, it's one of those that you're just like check, you know, check check mark on that off your list. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think it, maybe if it had more of a plot and more dialogue, then maybe you know it'd been mm-hmm. a little bit better. But to me, it was just like I just want to perform every every extreme thing we can do and just all in one movie. So let's just do it and. Uh, and just when I thought that I'd seen it all, and then the very last scene with the dick, the penis, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, all right, so we had to wrap it up with this. <laughs> <laughs> so what about you? I mean, first of all, how did you even find this movie? <clears throat> okay, well, actually, I've seen this movie before. Oh, okay, okay. I, I watched it uh, like pretty much not long after it came out. Okay. Yeah, I'd seen it, and um. I'd seen it, and um, I remember just being like, "What the hell?" You know, basically about it. But uh, of course, I wasn't really. I I basically just started getting into filmmaking at that point, so I remember being like, "How do they do all this? You know, how do they put the spider in the? You know, trying to say is how do they put this? How do they put the spider in the pussy?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, you know, I'm mean, looking at it now. I'm like, "Oh, okay, yeah, obviously it's fake." But um, so. Um, I, I it's one of those movies that you, you don't have to watch again, really. But I did I did stumble upon it recently, um, and I was like, oh, I've seen this before, and uh, <clears throat> just went to watch it again, and um, just because I it, I had remembered it, but I did forget like how extreme extreme it was, you know, um, it, you know, definitely not for everybody. But now here's the thing, okay? Okay. Now watching it in 2008. Probably, probably about 2008 when it came out, around that time, you know, didn't thinking anything about it. Watching it now, I'm sitting there, I'm watching it, I'm like, hey, hey, uh, they look familiar. Who is that? I'm like, that looks, they look familiar. Lo and behold, did you, did you notice anybody familiar in this movie? Mm, no. No? Uh-uh. You've seen, um, you've seen American Man, uh, Mary, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, those were made by the Soska twins. Yeah. Those the directors. Yeah. They're in this movie. They're, they're the twins. Oh, that's who that is, really. That's who that is. They're the ones that's torturing people. They're the ones that were together in Siamese and got yeah. That's them. I had no I like, idea. No idea. I was like, I was like, who is that? And yes that's them and it's kind of weird because this came out like just before they broke out uh, directing like dead hooker in a trunk yeah okay so okay so that that is the the big takeaway for this movie it's like wow he got them to be in this movie yes but he probably he might have got he might have got them before yeah, that's what really I'm thinking. Yeah. Well, yeah, this is again. This is before uh, their first directorial debut came out. You know, I don't. I'm not sure what all they were doing before that, but um, yeah. So yeah, to to know that they did this movie, I'm sure that it's not something they talk about that much. You know. Yeah. Hey, that's... I was in the Gorgeous Sacrifice. 
So you've seen it. Uh, it's pretty bloody, though. I mean, there is some cool camera work and effects to it. I mean, honestly, I mean, there there is some good redeeming values. In there, movie, there is, there is. It's as much as I don't want to say it. I'm like, there really is. <laughs> you can't appreciate <laughs> some things if you love. Yeah. Them. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, there are. Yeah, I did. I did enjoy some aspects of it for sure. That being said, do you think you'd watch any more of his movies? Um, yeah, I probably okay. would. I probably okay. would. Yeah, right. yeah. You so he's, only, he's... you only live once. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, he's definitely got a bunch more. And again, I think they're very similar theme, but I could be wrong. Uh, but we'll we'll check some more out and see. All right. Cool. So yeah, so um, every week we're going to have an extreme, extreme horror movie that we both watch so we can both talk about it. Um, it's pretty mm-hmm. pretty fun. Uh, so we can both get their opinions. So we'll have to think about that for our next pod. And, do, you, um, do you have one? Do you have one one lined up for the next one? Um, I For a movie? No. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Then shall I'm, we just watch another one of his? We can. Yep. Okay. You want to do a slow torture puke chamber? That's the one with the grasshopper. Is it? Okay. <laughs> All right. Slow torture puke chamber. Slow torture <laughs> puke chamber. Yep. And if any of our listeners are out there, um, or, I want wait, them to you, watch it too. That'd be good. Yeah. yeah. Wait, have you seen uh, Human Centipede too? Yes. Yes. Okay, you've already seen that. Okay, okay. Yep. All right. Well, well, this this one will be new for both of us because we need okay. anyone who's seen this slow right. torture picture. All right, slow torture. Is this <laughs> is this is this after after regurgitated sacrifice or before? Um, now that is a question. Um, I want to say it's before, but let me see. Two thousand ten is when it came out. Oh, so it's after one, then. And this one came out in two thousand eight. Yeah, so it's after. You're right. All right. So, oh, it might even be um, more graphic. <laughs> it's a little could, could, could be. Could I be. don't know what he could do to get more graphic, but let's see. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> All right. We'll find out. All right. Awesome. Let's get to talking to Carl. You want to? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Sounds good. So tonight's special guest, we have Carl York. Uh, Carl's an actor uh, mostly known for Cannibal Holocaust. Uh, hey, what's up, Carl? Hey, nice to Hi. hear from you guys. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, everything. Hi. Everything's good. So, so you and Mike had had met at a, a horror convention recently. At, yeah, down in uh, Knoxville. Yeah, yeah, the 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 Bride of Frankencon down there. Uh, Carl was super super friendly, super nice guy, and uh, it was great to chat with him. And uh, so we we're glad to have you on the on the pod. Yeah. Um, what is wrong with you two? Why do you do this? <laughs> I mean, no, wait, you're supposed to interview me. <laughs> Let's try it that well, way. Let's try it that, that way. That's an hour long conversation. We'll do that. Oh, later. totally. Uh, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> it's Carl, like, let's, let's, yeah, let's start. Let's start from the beginning. Carl, what, what got you into wanting to make movies? Like where, what point of, the, of your life did you say, Hey, I want to be an actor. I, this is what I definitely think I, I want to do. Oh, that's a, that's a good question. Um, um, well, my great grandfather was a vaudeville actor, and okay, um, uh, he was very famous in um, uh, mostly. Well, he was very famous all over America, but also in uh, in New York, in London, mm-hmm. and uh, in South Africa, and 
So it just kind of got passed down through the family. And my dad was, uh, he grew up in Hollywood and he was a career Air Force guy. And he was the Air Force liaison to the movie business. So this is a long answer. I apologize. But here's what it was. We, uh, when I was a kid, we were living in Paris because that's where he was stationed. And they made a movie there called The Longest Day. It was a World War II picture. And um, he took us on the set. I was about seven or eight. He took us on the set, and I watched him shoot one scene. And they did six takes of this scene. And um, I was hooked. That was it. I just, All right. Yeah, that was it. You know, from then on, it was like that. This is what I have to do. <laughs> so, I, you know, high school, I did, uh, I think there was one or two plays I wasn't in in high school. Yeah. And um, then what? Uh, college. I, well, I started working professionally when I got into college because I was doing improv in San Francisco, it was in an improv company, and I was, um, and then I did a play called One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and yeah. I toured that, and uh, that got me to New York, and then uh, the rest is, uh, you know, uh, a, a narrow trail to Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's what got me into it, and you know what? I, I love doing it. It's fun. It's terrifying, but it's also fun. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Act, yeah. Acting is fun. You get to you can be somebody else too. It's it is. It's a lot of fun. no kidding. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. It's just pretend. It's not real. It's just acting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I have to ask, like, how how did you even? How did the Cannibal Holocaust even come out? Did you did you audition for it, or did you even know anything about the film at all? Uh uh, well, here's how the audition went. Um, there was a casting director I knew in New York, uh, and he called me on a Friday afternoon and asked me if I was available. And I said, yeah. And he said, um, will you go to South America? And I said, yeah. He said, for a month? And I said, sure. <laughs> he said, get over here. And I said, who am I? And he said, uh, you know, because you know what, you know, you want to dress for it or get ready. And um, and he said, just get over here. So I ran over to his office. I was on East 51st Street. He was in Times Square. And I came in and there was this Italian guy and he barely spoke English. He had a picture of another actor and he had my picture and he looked at the two of them and he went, uh-huh, Okay. And then he turned over because you always have your resume on the back of your picture. Looked at my resume. He kind of pretended to look at my resume. And um, and he went, oh, okay. And then he said, um, uh, what size shoes do you wear? I said, uh, 10 and a half. And he goes, oh, uh, why don't you wait in the other room? Huh. That was the audition. <laughs> <laughs> and what I didn't know was, um, well, what I didn't know was, the name of the movie, they, there was another actor that they brought in. He was actually a friend and um, he didn't have the right size feet. So <laughs> they sent him home and they booked me. Hmm. So what, what I didn't know was, you know, the name of the movie. I didn't know that he didn't either. He didn't have a script. Oh. He, he, um, 
he just knew Ruggiero and um, and they had cast another actor in this role and that guy quit at the airport. So no was, concept of what it's about? Nothing? Like you didn't know nothing about cannibals or nothing? Not a single clue. <laughs> nothing. All I knew was they wanted to put me on a plane on Monday morning and send me to the Amazon River. So, um, so you know, there's there's a uh, there's a uh, Indiana Jones movie where he he's being chased by cattle. I don't know who he's being. Somebody Indians camp bad guys. Yeah. And he he gets to the edge of a cliff, and the map says step step off the cliff, and. You know, uh, he doesn't want to because it's a cliff. And be behind them, the guy, they, they're about to kill him. So he steps off a cliff. And just as he does, they pan down to the right. And and you can see this camouflaged bridge across the chasm there. And that's what this was like. It was like I stepped off the cliff. I knew it was going to be a great adventure. I had no idea that I'd be talking to you. How many years later? <laughs> Over forty. <laughs> Over forty years later, I had no idea. All I knew was it was going to make a good story. All because yeah. of your shoe size, huh? <laughs> All because of my shoe size. So, as I said, you know, I did every play in high school. I studied acting in college. I studied with one of the most famous acting teachers in New York, uh, uh, Uta Hagen, who. You haven't heard of um, actors have heard of her, but and um, yeah, all that studying and all that scene study and all that um, you know, I did over three hundred totally improvised shows and you know three national tours of one flu. All of that experience, and it came down to my shoe size. <laughs> <laughs> now, obviously, this is not the typical audition process. Have you ever encountered any other actor that had a similar experience like this where they just jumped in knowing nothing? Uh, that's a really good question. You know, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, most of the actors I know um, wouldn't. Um, yeah. <laughs> a friend of mine was cast in, um, uh, what was it? It was, an, it was one of Oliver Stone's early movies in Vietnam. And I forget the name of it, but he decided not to do it because the insurance wasn't in place, and it was it became a very famous movie. So oh. um, um, he might be smarter than me. What do I know? <laughs> you know. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about some of your other projects. Now, obviously, you're sort of known famously or infamously for *Cannibal Holocaust*, but. What about some of this other stuff that you've done? Uh, you know, you've been in all kinds of stuff that people would know. Dynasty, NYPD Blue, uh, My So-Called Life. You were in Apollo 13, Idle Hands, which the horror fans will know. Let's talk about some of that stuff. How, what was some of that experience like for you? You know, um, after I did Cannibal Holocaust, um, what did I do? That was 79, 80. You know, I kicked around New York. I did... Uh, I did some soaps. Hmm. Did um, I, I don't know. It just eventually, it became clear that I had to go to Hollywood. That that's where that's where my type of person was going to actually be. Right. And um, uh, I went there. I 
you know, it's a weird business. I had an agent in New York. I went to Hollywood and I signed with that agent because they had an office in Hollywood. And I got to Hollywood and I went to the agent's office and I said, you know, I'm one of your clients. And they said, this must have been September of 82. And they said, um, oh, uh, well, we're busy. It's pilot season. Why don't you come back in February? And I'm like, oh, why don't I stick around for pilot season? You know, what are you talking about? Yeah. What I didn't know was they hated the agent who signed me in New York. And, oh. you know, I just, I was naive. I just thought, oh, you know, I belong to them. And so luckily I had a whole bunch of friends who had already moved from New York to Hollywood. One of them was a guy named Joe Pantoliano. He was my first roommate in uh, New York and we were, uh, we were in Cuckoo's Nest together with the national tours. And Joey sent me in to various uh, casting people. And every time, because he, he had a really great career, actually. And he, um, every time one of them wanted to see me, I would call this agency. And, and I'd tell him, call the agency and have them book me. So finally, these people at the agency called me and said, you have to come in here. Who are you? And and I said, I told you, I'm one of your clients. And I went in there and sat in front of these agents, and they kind of interviewed me. And I was right in the middle of a sentence, and one of them said, one of them looked at the other one and said, you know, he looks just like John. And the other one's like, yeah, yeah, we already have you. We already have one of you. Oh, and, oh wow. And I know, and uh, that was the first lesson, my first lesson in Hollywood. It's like, there's, a, there's an old actor named Herschel Bernardi, uh, who, um, probably from the 50s, and there was a story about um, his version of an actor's uh, career, and it goes like this in four sentences. It's, who's Herschel Bernardi? You know, chapter two, get me Herschel Bernardi. Chapter three, give me a Herschel Bernardi type. Chapter four, who's Herschel Bernardi? <laughs> so, I, you know, at that point, I was, who's Carl York? And, um, <clears throat> and then, um, you know, you, you never know how it's going to go. I got on to um, a show called The Paper Chase. I did two seasons on that. It was a, a lawyer show. And uh, Dynasty and... Uh, you know, you just take what comes along. I, I never thought that Cannibal Holocaust was going to be anything. Oh, yeah. I mean, I really never thought anybody would ever hear of it because it was Italian, you know, and it was this weird movie and these weird people doing weird stuff, <laughs> you know, and, and, um, you know, it was shot so far away and I, there was only one other American on the picture and, and I just never thought it so let me go back a step here. When I um, when I got back to New York, I, I had been a waiter, but I got work as a freelance reader. So I read I read books for a living, between acting gigs, and um, and I read books to see if they would make good movies or if if they should be published like that. It led me into a whole different side of the business actually. But um, I was working for United Artists, and I was walking down this hall one day, and um, I'm walking by this guy's office. Guy didn't know, and he's going, 
holy fuck. Oh, fuck. I can't fucking believe it. And he sees me walk by and he goes, you, come in here. Take a look at this. This is so fucking. And I'm like, okay, fuck, I don't know. So I go look. It was production shots from Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> they, they had a deal to distribute Cannibal Holocaust in America. This is 1980. And, and, and I'm like, and I went, holy fuck, that's me. And he goes, what? No. And then he looks at me and he looks at the picture and he goes, that's you. And it's like, and then there we were, you know, it's like, oh, man. Uh, and then it got banned by the censors, you know, it got seized by mm -hmm. the censors all over the world. Yeah. So then that's when I was sure nobody's ever going to see this movie, you know. So I go to Hollywood and um, I did do those movies. I, I, I had a break in my acting career because I, I moved into the other side of the business uh, because as a reader, I went to work at uh, CAA, which was the most powerful agency in Hollywood. I had these connections from from New York. And um, and then from there, I ran a producer's office and I was her head of development for six years. So um, before and after that adventure with the producer's office, I, um, I was an actor. Um, so. Uh, I was in, I was on 20th Century Fox lot, and I, you know, uh, there's there's like five jobs in Hollywood. You can be a, a writer, or a director, or an actor, or a, um, a a producer, or a studio executive. And the place that connects all of those five functions is the agency. So by being in the agency, I had access to all those different people. And that's, that's how that sort of swirled around. So now I'm on the Fox lot with this producer and um, uh, Jack the Bear was casting right next door. We shared a bathroom. We were in trailers. And the casting director saw me and and um, I kind of met her, you know, and friendly. And then one day her, um, her assistant comes over and says, Mary says you're going to audition for Jack the Bear. And I said, um, you know what? I'm like, I have a job. I'm working here. I'm headed to And she goes, Tuesday at 3 o'clock. And I hadn't had an audition actually in nine years. I think it was nine years. I'd sort of given up... I'd gotten married, I had a kid, and um, and acting is so unstable, you know, and so they, so she said, Tuesday at three o'clock. Okay, I'll do it. So I went into my file cabinet, and I went all the way to the back of the file cabinet, and I got a picture and resume, except I didn't put a resume on it because uh, it was so old, you know, I didn't have anything on there that was current. <laughs> So uh, I just didn't. I just gave him the picture. So I go to the audition, and I meet the director, and he looks at the picture. Here I am again, right? The guy's looking at the picture, and he um, turns it over, and there's no resume. He says, "You know, there's no resume on this." So this is where my improv background comes in. And I said, um, "You know, my resume's full of lies, and I just decided I'll just lie right to your face." 
<laughs> so he laughed and I laughed and he said, okay, well, what have you done? Well, I wasn't ready for that. You know, it's like, I just thought that was a funny thing to say. He goes, what have you done? I said, oh, well, let's see. I just finished doing a hundred performances of Hamlet on Broadway. He goes, yeah, I saw that. What else have you done? <laughs> I said, uh, let's see. I've done a lot of movies, but uh, none of them have been released yet. And he like finished the <laughs> sentence with me, you know? Yeah, yeah, none of them have been released. What have you really done? And, then, <laughs> and I said, okay, I did a movie called Cannibal Holocaust. And he said, okay, let's just do the audition. Because <laughs> there's, no, there's nobody heard of it yet, you know? So it was like that, you know, that game, two truths and a lie, two lies and a truth. And he, and he failed. So, um so anyway, that's what got me cast in uh, Jack the Bear. So just like I had the right size feet in, sure. you know, to get into Cannibal Holocaust, he said to me, because some really big names were up for the role I got in that, and he said, first of all, he was kind of blown away because uh, he'd been in Hollywood for a long time and he'd never seen me, and he was like, wow, why don't I know you, you know? I'm like, well, you know, because I'm doing this other thing but anyway um he said you have a good face for this movie and uh that was that other lesson that it does matter if you have some talent sometimes you know mm -hmm. it does matter who you know sometimes and sometimes it only matters if your face and your manner are aligned properly so that you present what you look like. So that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. So, okay. So if you're like a really handsome guy and you present, um, you know, really weak, then you're probably not going to get leading roles, you know? Mm -hmm. um, uh, anyway. I had the right face for that movie. My work is a, um, this is stupid. I'll tell you about Apollo 13. Um, I had been trying to get, there was a executive producer um, who worked for Ron Howard and I'd been working with him. I've been trying to get him to direct a little, um, I wanted him, he, he was the second unit director for all of, like on uh, a lot of Ron Howard's movies. And I'd worked for Ron Howard's company too. And um, uh, my agent sent me in to Apollo 13. They needed, you know, dozens of men. And I auditioned and I called him up and said, and told him, you know, I just auditioned for your movie. He said, what'd you audition for? And I said, I, I don't even know, you know. It was a guy walking next to a, the trail of the tractor that's taken the, 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 the rocket ship over to the launch pad. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they call me up the next day. They book me. And um, they didn't tell me what I was doing. And they just told me, um, <laughs> they just told me what day to show up. So I called him up and I said, thank you. But, um, you know, you screwed me up here because I wanted to get this job purely on my talent. And he said, wow, let me think if there's anybody I know who got a job that way in Hollywood. <laughs> mm. No, I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody got a job that way. 
so uh, they, you know, so I, I had a day's work. I was the, um, the what you call it, uh, the I ran the simulator when they're bringing Kevin Bacon in, I think. Um, yeah, Gary Sinise got the measles, and Kevin Bacon replaced him. Right. Yeah. And 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 um, and Tom Hanks was on the set. I like to tell people that I played Tom Hanks because he was tired. You know? <laughs> and I'm such a good actor that, you know, he begged me to be him in this movie. And so, you know, I, me and Tom, you know, we're, we're like, we're like this, you know? And uh, so I played, so I played Tom. I gave him a great. Yeah. What really happened was I got on the set. Uh, they told that that was the first, and this is how, kind of how it works a lot too. They gave me what you're called your sides, which mm -hmm. is the, sure. the script of you know, the, you know what it is. Mm -hmm. you're making yep. movies. They gave me my sides. Uh, oh, I'm not walking next to the tractor. I'm uh, running thing. Okay, so I sit down and um, I'm at a desk and I got the uh, kind of script in front of me. I don't like to read off the script. That's not kosher, you know. That's not right actor so i learned my line really quick i had a couple of lines and um we do the master and um and um the technical consultant it's the guy who wrote the book and who was actually on the on the in in the houston control center when the mission actually happened he uh, he comes over to me he goes uh there's a there's a word missing from that line it should read entry interface, which so now I've learned this line and he puts this word directly in the middle of the sentence and I never got it right again. <laughs> and, I, and oh, my God. So there's Ron Howard standing there. There's Tom Hanks over there. You know, there's all these like heavy duty, heavy hitters. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, and they have to keep shooting it because it's like, ah, and finally Ron said, why don't you just read it right off the page? Oh, okay. So I did, and we got the you know the medium shot, and they, they didn't do a close up on me anyway. But um, you know when they when they wrapped me, Ron Howard says to me, "Yeah, don't worry, you'll know that line by heart tomorrow." Oh, God, it was horrible. <laughs> I was glad to be in it. I was yeah. just so sorry I wasn't in the control room because those guys, you know, that's the whole what what Bridget said going in, you know, you get to be anything you want. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and yeah, I wanted to be in the control room and pretend like I was uh, some kind of a, <laughs> some kind of a, um, an engineer or somebody really smart. Uh, yeah. What What do you think out of all the roles you play? Do you have a favorite, like a favorite character that you love playing this character? You know, that has to be the paper chase. Um, uh, there's certain roles that you don't have to do any acting. Uh, I can't really explain this. Or maybe I can, but um, I um, uh, I had the uh, the great good fortune to play a real asshole, and um, and, and and you know what, Alan Yates. Alan Yates came very naturally to me. I always consider myself the nicest guy I know, really. And then the next thing I know, I'm getting cast as villains and assholes. <laughs> and I'm like, 
what is that all about? I think there's something, you know, something there. But I really <laughs> like my my role on the paper chase. I don't know if you know who. Uh, um, oh boy, um, I've gotten to that age where I have pictures in my mind and I can't put names to it. Um, oh God, he, I was teamed up with him in the paper chase. It, uh, and then he went on to do Saturday Night Live, and he had a character, the liar character, who kept, you're probably too young for this. He kept yeah. saying, uh, yeah, my, yeah, Morgan Fairchild, that's my wife, yeah. And you knew he was lying. Um, <laughs> and and he's, done, he's a comedian, he's done a lot of stuff. Anyway, we had a relationship on the on the set you know we were our characters had a relationship and we bickered and we fought and i called him a dummy and uh you know like that and i just had the most fun doing that yeah oh very cool yeah that's fine cool. so going back to uh, cannibal holocaust again so where what point do you get to where you realize Hey, this thing has staying power. This thing isn't going away. People are they do know about this movie. What point in your in your life do you realize, oh wow, this is uh, a cultural thing? That's two thousand four when Sage Stallone and Bob Morosky show up. They called me. They said, uh, we're putting out a DVD. Um we want to interview you and put it on the DVD. I'm like, uh, why would you do that? They said, uh, uh, what did they say? They said, we've been looking for you for a long time. And we, anyway, so they came up. I was living in Palo Alto in California. That's up in between San Francisco and San Jose. And my wife and I had a, I, I had been out of the acting business for a long time by now. And show business. I was working in Silicon Valley as a technical writer. So, and we also had a um, uh, an art gallery. So they come up and they set up in the art gallery, and uh, they do the interview, and I tell the story. And then uh, Sage says, "And now we're going to send you to some conventions where you can meet your fans." And I'm like. You know those, you know all those pictures of dogs when they're like, "Did you say out? Did you say food?" You know, and they cock their head like that. I was like, "Did you say fans? Did you say conventions? What the fuck are you talking about?" He goes, "Oh yeah, you have fans all over the." I'm like, "How can I have fans? They can't. They haven't shown this movie." Now I did know that they that Japan loved this movie because my sister lived in Japan. And she saw it there, and she left before I died because she didn't want to see me die. I love my sister. <laughs> and then, and then, the guy who directed Idle Hands, he um, he was a friend, and he. Uh, um, oh, you also you didn't mention uh, Ghost in the Machine. That was a good. That was a fun. Oh yeah. To do. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Idle Hands, I got cut out of really, or, or just lost in the crowd because I was a chaperone. And the director was a friend, and um, he was just, uh, uh, you know, sort of um, fascinated that I'd done Cannibal Holocaust, because he saw Cannibal Holocaust the one week that it played in New York in 1980, uh, when he was 15. And, And I'm like, when he told me that, I'm like, 
Wow, you're really a sick motherfucker. <laughs> you know? And um, I mean, and if you weren't already, then you were when you walked out of there. Um, and I said that having never seen the movie. You know, I I didn't really know what this movie. I didn't know you hadn't seen the movie. No, really, I, no. And all I knew was the parts that I shot, and uh-huh. I barely knew that because I never had my own copy of the script. Because I got down to the Amazon and uh, copies of the script were hard to come by. You know, there's no copy machines down there. <laughs> so, and everybody had their own copy and nobody was getting, you know, I had the lead role. I had all the words and mm. nobody would give me a copy. Of the script. <laughs> oh, boy. They let me, they let me read it the night I got there. I made the mistake. I read it over dinner. You know, that was dumb. And, um, and, um, and then after that, every day when I needed to learn my lines, I had to learn them that morning, you know, right before the cameras were on. Um, so, so. Well, kudos to you. Cause yeah, no kidding. You can't, you can't tell. You can't tell that you don't, that you just learned them. You know, it looks very authentic. So. You know what? Uh, having, having a good, strong foundation in improv has mm-hmm. really uh, paid off in almost everything I've ever done, except, you know, once I got into corporate America and Silicon Valley, let me put it this way. It's not that hard to be the funniest guy in a room full of Chinese software engineers. <laughs> it's just sad, you know? Yeah. But the problem is they don't necessarily appreciate it. <laughs> right. Right. You know? But I amuse myself. I mean, what's it all about anyway? Right. Um, so at what, yeah, point do, so, what, what point do you so, actually see the movie? What point have you actually seen the movie? Or well, that's, you... why, that's why I talked about Idle Hands and, and my friend who, uh, in 1999, he sent me a VHS copy of a copy of a dupe of a copy <laughs> of, a, of a Dutch copy that was in pal format i forget it are they pal we're in tsc right yeah pal, yeah right, pal. Right, yeah, right right so they're so they're pat okay so i put this thing in and you know i sound like chip and dale in this thing so we're going out in the jungle and we're going to find some cannibals <laughs> you know it's like god that's it's like and 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 i started watching it we got to the turtle i'm sorry i saw the turtle i'm really sorry i saw that because you can't unsee it some people, yeah. that's what they like. Um, this is not my kind of movie, you know, mm-hmm. except that I'm in it. And, mm-hmm. and so at this point, by the time I saw that in 1999, what is that? 79, 89, 90, that's 20 years later. Right. Already it's like, uh, wow, this is like a son I never knew I had, you know? It's just <laughs> like, he's skinny, you know? He's smirky. He's kind of hot, you know? Wow. <laughs> I, you know, that guy yeah. must have had a good time. So um, uh, that's when I saw it in 1999. I saw most of it on Fast Forward. And the, the soundtrack bugged me, you know, all of that bugged me. So then Sage and, and Bob show up, and they do the interview, and they send me to these conventions. And that's when I start meeting these fans. And it's like, I'm terrified. I was terrified. <laughs> like, who? <laughs> you know and um and the, the most amazing thing happened i found out 
that the fans are just like everybody else. They just happen to like horror movies. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're really sweethearts, you know. In fact, they're they're a lot more fun than my my college friends who were very, you know, um, academic and uh, very uh, ethereal and um, um, uh, can I call them snooty about movies? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, while I was mm-hmm. I would go to like um, I went to college in San Francisco. And we'd go to things like um, Claire's Knee, and um, you—you haven't heard of that movie. These are these are French movies that were really, you know, popular of the day. Um, the Murmur of the Heart. I really love that movie, though. You should see it. You'd like it. Um, and and but but I'd come out of things like that, and I'd go, and I and I wouldn't know what happened in the movie. I didn't understand it. So when they weren't looking, I'd go downtown to the Revival House. And watch the old Humphrey Bogart and Jimmy Cagney crime movies, you know, and that's where I got my education, you know. So anyway, it turns out that horror movie fans are uh, just movie fans, you know. And so I met, I, I started meeting them at, at my first convention was in um, it was a chiller convention, I think, in New York. But everything in New York is never in New York; it's in New Jersey. So, so we went there, then they took me to L.A., then we went back to New York, and then since then I, I've been all over the place. So you, you're, are you a fan of horror movies? Or, no. Or not? No, okay. No, they scare me. I, don't, I hate that. <laughs> I saw, what was it, uh, Poltergeist? Do you remember Poltergeist? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah the, guy, the guy sitting in front of me, in the row in front of me, he kept turning around going, will you stop kicking my chair? You know, I'm like, I can't help it. I can't help it. You know, this shit scares me. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, he says. Yeah, right. That's the whole idea. Yeah. <laughs> so I did. So I did a rewatch of Cannibal Holocaust earlier today. Um, oh, I boy. saw it. I saw about maybe four years ago for the first time. And so I wanted to do a rewatch of it. And so how old f- were you when you saw it the first time? You um, were like not, not 15, right? Oh, heck no. No, no definitely uh, not. No. Well, I was, six, 16. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> old enough to know better. <laughs> uh, but I, one of the first things I noticed is that your name is different. It doesn't, it doesn't say Carl York on there. Is that right? Or yeah. They, did they use Gabriel? Yeah, yeah, Gabriel. Gabriel right? yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So here's what happens. Um, when I did one flew over the cuckoo's nest, and I got into the union. So I got that was Actors' Equity, which is the stage union. And I send in my name, and they send it back, and they said, "You can't have this name. There's an actor who already has this name." I was in New York at this point. I said, "What?" They said, yeah. They said, and he works at Actors Equity in New York at the office. So I went up there. I met the guy. And um, he was this old guy. He went to Hollywood in the 50s. His name was, I don't know, Ray Anderson. I forget. And his agent thought that wasn't a good enough name. He should be Carl York. That was a much stronger name. And I said, well, obviously, you're not acting anymore. You're working at the union office. Can I have my name? 
He goes, no, I did one movie. And, uh, I and, and I, you know, what if they show it again sometime and I get a residual? <laughs> I'm like, no, that's wrong. They're oh, not going to show it, and you're not going to get a residual, you know, and you're old. And, you know, anyway, he wouldn't give me my name. Wow. So, so here's what I thought about. My great-grandfather, I told you, was an actor, and he named his son Gabriel. And his son, my grandfather, was uh, had a long career in show business, not a, not on stage, as a press agent and as um, head of publicity at 20th Century Fox in Hollywood. And he went over to Paramount for a while and came back, and he died in 1957. But I thought, that's... It's 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 might be I might get some play out if I use that name because people might remember him. And, you, you know, you're looking for every edge. I don't know if you're a baseball fan, but, you know, in baseball, they're looking for every edge. Right. They'll right. spit on the ball. They'll do whatever they say. And you have to do that as an actor, too. So that so I used that name and uh, they forced me to. And um and I acted under that name. Now, when I got to Cannibal Holocaust, which was not a union picture, I didn't want to use that name. I told him, I want to be Christopher Savage. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was the perfect name for Cannibal Holocaust. You know? <laughs> and, um, but you know what? I don't know what happened. They barely remembered that I was in this movie. Not only did they not use Christopher Savage, but... They never put my name on the poster. Hmm. So if you look at the original posters, it names uh, Francesca and Luca and Perry, but doesn't name me. Isn't that weird? Uh, that it is weird. weird. I'd be like, well, I'm I'm your star. What are you <laughs> Where's my <laughs> I name? Know. <laughs> I know. And then I looked at what I, you know, when I saw the movie, I'm just like, oh, yeah, you could forget it, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But you know this thing hunted me down, and um, and and that's why Sage and Bob found, had trouble finding me, because they were looking for Gabriel York, and, and when I did Jack the Bear, I think when I did Jack the Bear, I called the union. So earlier, when I tried to get my name. They they wouldn't let me use a, a middle name. You know, this is back in the old day. There was there weren't any computers yet, really. Mm. Um, so when they did, maybe there were mainframes. But um, they when they you know when they did residuals and stuff, it was all kind of manu manual, right? So it was easy for them to get it, send it to the wrong guy, and um, so they wouldn't let me use a middle name. Um, and when I did Jack the Bear, I called the union again, and I got this sweet black lady, older black lady. I said, can you tell me if Carl York um, is dead yet? And she said, I'm going to tell God on you. And I said, I said, God knows all about me, really. I, I swear to God, he knows. And she said, yeah, he's still there. And But uh, SAG let me put a middle name. So I used the name that everyone knew me by, which I was born with, which was Carl. And I put Gabriel in the middle so that people would 
were laid back. And um, um, my grandfather, who was head of publicity at Fox, was close with a movie star of the day named um, Celeste Holm, who you haven't heard of. Nobody, I, you know, there's all these people who I grew up admiring who nobody's ever heard of now. Um, and Celeste was a, a gigantic movie star and won an Oscar for All About Eve and, uh, and a Broadway star. And when I got to New York in 1975, she was on Broadway in a show. And I went there and I went to the stage manager and um, the stage door and I said, uh, I'd like to see Miss Holmes. Um, tell her Gabriel York is here. So the family story is she almost married my grandfather after my grandmother died. And um, at intermission, I came back at intermission, and he said, uh, she wants to see you, and he walked me across the stage. And I went to New York to get on Broadway, and I never did. I won... I, uh, my great-grandfather debuted on Broadway in 1885, and I thought, this will make a good story if I can debut on Broadway in 1985. <laughs> I never got to work on Broadway, but I got to walk across the Broadway stage and hear the audience out there. What a thrill. Wow. What an absolute thrill. And she was just thrilled to meet me and see me, and I had a relationship with her that lasted quite a few years, actually. So... Uh, very nice. Very nice. Oh, that's a good story. I like that. Yeah, it's a good one. That's pretty good. Yeah. 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 Awesome. So, Carl. So, yeah. Go ahead. What What got you out of the business? Uh, you You uh, Your acting credits stopped. What around the two thousand era? What What got you out of the business? You just. Uh, well, my acting credits really take a break somewhere around nineteen eighty four or five. When I, so I did the paper chase, I did those things. Uh, you know, um, all the actors I knew, including me, we did it because we couldn't not do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and if there was something else you could do, it's such a tough business. If there was something else you could do, you would do. You would. You know, and I know a lot of people who like ended up going off in other directions just because, you know, that fourth month in a row that you didn't get any work, you know, or that second year in a row when uh, you've worked 11 days in the last 24 months, you know. Um, And then and then, like I said, there's these five things. And because I had an in at CAA and um I was reading there freelance. I was working that place, you know, to try to get through to somebody. Uh, and, um, and I had a mentor there. And then uh, one day they offered me a full-time job there. And I'd just gotten married. And I hadn't worked in a long time as an actor. And I went to my mentor and I asked him what I should do. And... I said, I, I came here to be an actor. And he said, well, take the job. Um, and he said, in fact, what you should do is get in the trainee program, become an agent, and then you can just go be without any of these things you want to be. And I'm like, no. I had a girlfriend in New York who was an agent, and I knew what agent, you know, I lived with her. I saw it. 
It's like, I am not an agent. And uh, he said, then just take the job and make relationships with the agents here. And I did. And that's what led me off in this other direction. And, um, you know, uh, so there's two things I think that are really important for an acting career. One is you got to be an idiot, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, you just have to be a total moron and say this is important because it's not that important. But uh, and the other is uh, there's a great deal of luck involved. Sure. You know, and the fact that I did Cannibal Holocaust, it, I was lucky I answered the phone that day mm-hmm. because I had this girlfriend. She actually, you know, had the means in New York in August. If if you have more than like twenty five dollars, you know, you get out of town because it's stinky, <laughs> you know. And and um, so we had a house out in Connecticut on a lake that we went to on the weekends, and she was already up there when they called me. And if I'd gone up there, you know, a day earlier, I wouldn't. I would have missed it, you know. Okay. So. So um, I, I don't want to say my luck ran out because I feel pretty lucky that I had got everything that I wanted, really, as an mm-hmm. actor. Um, and the movie stars that I know, the people who really became big stars, I wouldn't have wanted their life. It mm-hmm. turns out I did want it when I was young. Yeah. I did. and But, but uh, after that... So I got the major uh, studio picture of Jack the Bear with a major star with a front title credit, you know. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, I created a couple of roles on stage in New York, off-off Broadway. Uh, I did Cannibal Holocaust, so I mean mortal, you know. Because <laughs> <laughs> this fucking thing won't go away. This thing right. won't go away. All right. So was it a blessing or a curse? Things a blessing, mostly? Oh, uh, totally a blessing. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And do I mean, you ever... Uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Do I, I ever... Do you ever get the itch to jump back in at any time now? Do you ever have that sort of itch to just, like, pick up and do something, some little project or anything? Yeah, it's funny because I'm, you know, I'm living in New York. Uh, I'm living upstate a little bit. I'm not in the city, but we go to the city often enough and uh, we saw a, a show there recently there wasn't a musical i wasn't ever a musical theater i did musical theater in high school but after that nobody would consider me for it um so we saw pretty much a straight play and man as soon as the first guy got the first laugh i was like oh <laughs> yeah I, that i remember that that was yeah. good you know <laughs> and uh and then, uh, and then I remembered how much work it is, sure. how much, you know, how long it takes to rehearse a show, how, um, it's funny that when I moved to Palo Alto, when I, when I left Hollywood and moved to Palo Alto, I got married, this is my second wife, and I moved into a different career, and, um, and I met people there, and they found out I was an actor, and they said, uh, oh, so maybe you'll do some community theater here. I said, no, probably not. <laughs> and they said, oh, uh, you're too good for us. And I said, I really don't know anymore how good I am. 
but it's like this. If I'm going to work with somebody who's got a gigantic ego, they had, I want them to have some talent. Because, <laughs> 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 the, you know, the people in, in, uh, in, in community theater, they, they, they have the same size ego as everybody else in the theater. They just don't necessarily have the talent. I, I was lucky. I got to work with some really talented people, you know. Yeah. And and um, John Lovitz. There you go. Uh, John Lovitz is the guy I worked with on. Uh, oh. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So you so, you uh, you keep in touch with a lot of the people that you've acted with. Do you stay in touch? Have you are you stay in touch or did you stay in touch with anyone from home? I guess not. If you didn't even know the movie had even come out. <laughs> Have you, do you talk to anyone from any of the other actors that and from Cannibal Holocaust? Do you talk to anyone from the film? Well, you know what? Um, Most of them probably didn't speak English, I'm guessing. That's right. Uh, Luca uh, Luca Barbacheski, he played I don't know what the name of the character is, I forget. Uh He's the tall, skinny guy. Mm -hmm. uh, he he went back to Italy. He's in the Italian parliament. Apparently, he comes from money because he's been producing movies. Or, I don't know, a bunch, at least a few um, Roman Polanski movies in Europe. Oh. Um, right. You know, so, you know, Luca, I, I don't know. I wouldn't even know how to get a hold of him. Uh, Francesca barely spoke English. Um, she went back to Italy. Perry and I stayed in touch for a little while in New York because he lived in New York. And then he kind of vanished. And then when when these guys came along and said, we're doing the interviews and we're putting, putting the band back together, you know, um, I said, what about Perry? They said, he won't even talk to us. Yeah. He won't talk to us. He, won't, he doesn't want any, he doesn't want to talk about this movie at all. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why. And then there was Robert Kerman, who played the uh, the professor, you know. And so uh, I don't. Uh, he thinks we met. He thought we met down in the Amazon, as my part of the movie was wrapping, and he was just starting. But I don't remember that. So then the next thing I know, I'm sitting at a table with him, you know. And um, I don't know if you know uh, about this, about Robert. He's dead now, but he was, uh, he had, I don't know, 250 movies to his credits. Oh, wow. Two of them were legitimate, and the rest of them were porn movies. Oh. <laughs> okay. So he was in, like, some of the most famous, like, Debbie Does Dallas. and Oh, yeah? Inside <laughs> Seca. So I'm sitting at the table with him. I don't know any of this, you know. And um, people are bringing these porn DVDs over or VHS things and getting them to sign those. I'm like, what the fuck? You know? It's like, it's like um, is there a crossover here? So anyway. Um, <laughs> so he, uh, so then I, I got to know Robert a little bit. Then I got an agent and he, put together these packages of me and Francesca and Ruggiero. And, uh, and we did a bunch of shows together. We did, um, uh, I don't think we did cinema wasteland. That's up in Cleveland. I did that show twice. I love that show. What a great show. Uh, we did 
Orlando and a couple of New York shows. And Francesca, God, it was exhausting. Francesca, and uh, she lives in London now. She and Ruggiero would sit next to each other. So we're all sitting next to each other. And uh, they would just fight in Italian. They'd just fucking fight for two days. And it was exhausting. Um, so do I keep in touch with any of them? <laughs> uh, on Facebook, I did a little bit. And, you know, I have, a, I, I have uh, that sort of nostalgic, nostalgic affection for them. Uh, do I keep in touch with other people? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, yeah. I'm not part of. They're not part of my lives any my life anymore, and I'm not part of there, and I'm not part of their business anymore. So, it's uh, usually friendly, and um, um, and I want to say distant. It's not really distant. It's just you know, uh, like I said, we're not we're not doing the same things as we were doing. Right. Yeah. 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 All right. But you know, I can I can get them on the phone if I need them for something. I don't need them for anything. <laughs> you know, it's it's a it's that kind of a business too, though. It's like, sure. uh, you know what it is. It's like you really. It's such a uh, uh, you know you really don't have time for people who can't help your career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. What else? Bridget, anything? Anything? I don't. I don't think so. Um, you have anything, Mike? Well, I mean, Carlson, since you are not really into horror movies, I guess you you haven't seen any of the like uh, imitations nope. of Cannibal Holocaust. None of those at all. Nope. Okay. Like what? No, like, well, oh, uh, just like Green uh, Inferno. Yeah, like that. Yeah. That guy's an idiot. Is that guy <laughs> the dumbest guy in Hollywood? <laughs> I swear to God, <laughs> here I am. You know how hard would it have been to bring me in a, on a cameo just to be able to put it on the on the on the poster? Yeah, you know. Yeah, never reach out. Uh, huh? Yeah, no, too stupid. <laughs> uh, to me, that's stupid. If you're in that business, you're in the business to like spend to you know to sell tickets. Mm-hmm. Sell tickets. Right. Sure. There's a lot of ways to do it, and uh, you know, I come from two generations of, uh, of press agents and uh, uh, advertising men, you know, in in the movies, you know. So, so I'm I'm you know I'm uh, I'm always thinking of that. I'm always thinking of that. As as I as I've uh, demonstrated in some of my stories, I changed my name to a name that I thought would get me some some press you know right and in fact it did it got me you know got me into variety and you know stuff like that hey that works that works Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right so no no green inferno then (laughs) no green inferno um so no Now, he, what he says about that movie is that the natives never saw a camera. They were very much indigenous. Was that your experience with Cannibal Holocaust? Was the natives there, were they um, as as green as, as those are supposed to be? What was that like uh, meeting them? And, it's a good getting... question. You know, um, uh, communicating with the natives was um, – what was it? Um well, I didn't speak much Spanish, and they spoke Spanish or some version of it. Mm. And I don't think they really understood. 
Pelicula, Pelicula, you know, it's a Spanish for movie. I don't think they really, the, the guy who played um, uh, our guide, the guide for mm -hmm. the, uh, for the, the crew. Yeah. Um, uh, who gets his leg chopped off and he dies. Right. Um, he, um, he drove me around Leticia one day. Uh, everybody has little, um, you know, motorcycle, three, like three wheel, whatever those are. And, uh, you know, you could fit a family of seven on one of those. And I saw them do that. Uh, anyway, he drove me around and he showed me around town. And he's like, see over there, we have a hotel with three stories. Uh, it has uh, uh, electricity sometimes. It has running <laughs> water sometimes, you know. And over here, there's a fountain uh, that, that in a plaza. Uh, that fountain goes on at 7 o'clock on Saturday night you know, and it changes colors. He says, we have everything you need here. I just came <laughs> from New York, you know, where, you know, where they have things that he hadn't imagined. He <laughs> right. You know, and, um, and I said, do you have a movie theater here? He said, no, but we will in six months. Oh, really? So I don't think they were literate film people. Right. right. And, and there, I know there was a television in a store. There was a store with a television in the window. I don't know where they got their signal. There wasn't any VHS yet, I don't think. And right. I don't think there was any way to get a, a, a TV show down there. Um, and one of the reasons I think that is because while we were there, they installed the first telephone in that town. Mm, wow that's how that's how far away it was from mm -hmm. the life that we know right um, so uh there, so um so after you know i did the love scene can we call it that <laughs> yeah <You know>? sure <laughs> oh god it was so painful you know rolling around on oh god on a bamboo floor oh it's mm. terrible <laughs> Um, so we did five, you know, takes of that scene. And then we had lunch. You probably heard this story. You probably heard this. I've said this before. I've told this story. But one of the, you know, at lunch, that's when we mixed with the natives, you know, who were in the scene. They were in the background in that scene. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So well, I'm at the lunch table getting my cheese sandwich. And um, and uh, this guy comes up and he goes, uh, five times. And he pulls up five fingers. I'm like, what? I don't know what that means. It's high time. I'm like, uh, I don't know. And he, and he makes a universal signal with his arm for having sex. <laughs> pumping it in and out. Five times. Oh, he, he oh, thought he really did it like five oh, times. Five times. Yeah. Oh, five times. And you're like, you the man. Five times. And, yeah. And I said, I said, I said, oh, no, no. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. As a, fact, uh, as a matter of fact, I did do it. Five times. And your mother liked it when I did it five times to her. You know? I didn't say that. Too. <laughs> so, yeah. so, they probably really thought you were really doing it because everything else they, was they, like real. <laughs> there was a lot yeah, that was well, real, true. so they didn't know that's any better. True. They, you know, it's it's. <laughs> yeah. You're like, no, that's called acting. 
<laughs> yeah, I, you know, and then it's like, nah, I'm not going to tell him that, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to give it away. So what did you think of Green Inferno? Was that a, was that worth it? Was it worth it? I mean, it is just a complete ripoff, obviously. I mean, it's supposed to be an homage, yeah. right? But, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's okay. I don't hate it or nothing, but yeah, I mean, uh-huh. I, it definitely, you know, it's way more polished, you know, you don't have the, oh, yeah. the, the yeah. sort of rugged, great grainy look of, of the Holocaust with that movie. So it's definitely yeah. a, a lot different. Yeah. It's, I'm going to say it was okay. There, there's been a lot of like kind of ripoffs of it. Um, oh yeah. Like <laughs> so many. Um, there's the, um, Cannibal Ferox. Yeah, that was like pretty pretty soon after, wasn't it? I think. So. Yeah, yeah, that was. Yeah, in fact, wasn't Robert Kerman in that one too? Yeah, uh, I think he was. I'm pretty sure he was. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So well, you know, Ruggiero always wanted to make a sequel, and um, uh, he just couldn't get the money for it. I don't know why. Uh, you know, who wouldn't want to finance that? Um, and he sent me. I still have it. Uh, you know, like a, a treatment or an outline for really it's a treatment for what, what would happen in the sequel. Oh, really? uh, his version of the sequel was the cast and crew of cannibal Holocaust go back to Letitia 20 years later. And the natives who were in the original movie chase us down and, murder us one at a time and in that sequel i end up being impaled on the pole oh that would have been fun yeah wouldn't that that would make me lose some weight (laughs) (laughs) totally gonna like uh you know yeah yeah um and you want to know what i thought because i had this history of you know analyzing movie properties and i said this is great rochera I think, you know, I think this is the winner. We're going to do this. But yeah. I, I, it didn't matter because he had talked to somebody with some money. By that time, he was probably too old to do it, I'm guessing. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Now, so that the movie, uh, you know, it was kind of credited now as the first found footage movie. But obviously, we, you didn't know what that was at the time. Um, yeah. Uh, but it, it's it's kind of weird because it really didn't break out until Blair Witch, you know, some twenty years later. Uh, yeah, that, that phenomenon. But uh, they 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 say that they didn't see that movie <laughs> before yeah, they, right, they made the movie. Right, right, but... right. Yeah, yeah, right. Nice try. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> yeah. but, but you know what? Why wouldn't they say that? Why wouldn't right, they think right. we're all stupid? Yeah. Right, right. But because it was so similar, like, you know, with the whole thing about uh, Roger not wanting you guys to, like, be in public or do another movie for another year, right? Was that, that was true? No. That wasn't true? No. Oh, so for a long time, so here, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I'm getting to the age where it's like, you know what, let's tell a little bit of the truth, you know? And that's mm-hmm. the one, that's the one part of the story that I always thought. Really? People are going to buy that? Okay. Because you think about it. I'm an actor. Mm-hmm. My job is to be in the public. Right. That's my job. And so when you hear that story, oh, we signed a thing that we wouldn't. 
you and if you believe it, then you're going to assume they would have given us some money. Yeah, yeah. To not appear in the public, and nobody ever asked that question. So, well, because that's what they did when, with Blair Witch. They, was they, that right? Yeah, they did it to them. That's what they oh. did. So they, they 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 took it from him anyway. <laughs> they took his fabrication, and made it real. Yeah, well, you know, it didn't matter in in Ruggiero's case because they banned the movie all over the place. Right, and right, and true. probably once Blair Witch happened was when the ban was sort of lifted. I don't know why it wasn't banned anymore because mm-hmm. um, it hasn't changed. It <laughs> hasn't changed, you know. Right. Yeah. But. Um, uh, I didn't know that about Blair Witch. Yeah. Now again, supposedly it could have been the fabrication too, but it supposedly. Yeah. 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 But you know, if I'm if so, let me put it this way: if I'm producing that movie and I put out that story about you know we we had them, we wanted everyone to think. Well, see, here's where I think Ruggiero was absolutely fucking brilliant. He was a prick. Let's not get away from that. <laughs> but and I can say that now because he's dead and he can't. <laughs> get mad at me right? You know, and <laughs> defend himself. So, um, but he was brilliant because the, the magic trick that he pulled was he actually killed the animals and then he made people think that he, maybe he was actually killing the, the actors. Right. And that's a trick that I don't know anywhere else that where anybody has pulled off something that, nefarious <laughs> right yeah. but the whole court thing now was any truth to any of that about oh sure no that was real okay yeah, yeah i know that was real because because uh, uh united artists because i was working at united artists and they dropped it they're like oh no okay it's in <laughs> legal trouble we're not going to distribute it here oh wow and the guy promised me uh copies of the uh the production shots which i never got because uh they dropped it because he's a movie guy and he lied to me. But you know, I'm not going to tell you all the secrets about the movie business. <laughs> right? <laughs> you ever see it? There was a there was a book uh, about Hollywood called "Hello, He Lied." Did you ever see that? <laughs> no. First of all, if anybody's listening who's up in the Hudson River Valley, uh, September 16th and 17th, I'll be at the uh, Comic Con in Poughkeepsie. And in uh, November, uh, right the week end before Thanksgiving, I'll be at the Comic-Con in Saratoga. And if you have any more questions, I think I've told you my entire life story. <laughs> but I'll be happy to tell it again if you come and see me and bring 40 bucks. Um, and I'm just wondering uh, what you guys are up to. Is it, Can we plug something that you're doing? Oh, uh, um Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, (laughs) I'll tell you about a little, a little project that Mike and I are doing together. Um, I can't give a whole lot away about it. So, um, okay. Mike's a retired, retired movie director, you know, dabbles in like lower budget indie stuff, you know, and, um, I dabble in a little bit of same, same thing. Low, you know, low budget, local acting. God bless you. God bless you. Really. It's, it's such a hard thing to do when you have money. It's, it's a lot of work. It's a, when you were saying that, I was like, I am picking up everything he's putting down because it is so much freaking work and you do it because you love it. 
we that's what we do it yeah. and so we yeah, we have sure. a we have a little project that we're working on he kind of come out of retirement for me um because i uh-huh. had this role that i you know i was been wanting to play and um, I don't want to give oh. a lot away about it. Um, and okay, um, yeah, I sat sat with him at um a convention last year. I sat with Mike at a convention at CreepyCon in Knoxville, and oh. we started talking about then. This was like over a year ago, and so we 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 started filming. What was it last month, Mike? Maybe mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, July. So yeah, that's one just a little teaser. Yeah, just a teaser is one really really exciting thing. I'm really excited about it. It's it's a lot, it's a lot of fun. So. Um, um, I also, oh, okay. I also work conventions. Um, it's, uh, these are not things that pay my bills. I do it cause I absolutely love it and I love meeting people, but, um, I have a little, a little, um, thing called three legged circus oddities and we oh. sell a lot of, um, a lot of horror, horror, gothic, um, Ah. merchandise it's it's a lot of fun uh-huh. i love it i always dress up i get to meet a lot of people and it's, it's a lot of fun so nice yeah nice. yeah yeah all right carl uh, uh so it's, it's uh, been wonderful really i thank you for having me yeah well we, we appreciate you coming on we love the movie obviously we've, we've talked about it uh, quite a few times on here uh, uh social media you any, any shout outs for social media if people want to find you Oh, um, well, I have a, a page that I have ignored completely. Uh, not really, but just not, you know, God, I don't want to tell you how old I am, but you probably already know you can find it anywhere in the internet. But it's like just to figure out how much I have to do to make that part of uh, my my life has mm-hmm. been um, really beyond me. I just... I, 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 I'm still a technical writer and I'm still working uh, full time for a uh, database company in, uh, in Silicon Valley. So I have plenty to do. And, um, and that's not it. But I do have a page on Facebook. That's how old I am. I have a page on Facebook. That's okay. Um, uh, that works. Alan, Alan Yates lives. Alan Yates lives. Alan? It lives. All right. All I right. like it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Awesome. If you want to get to me, you can do the. You can get to me there. Sounds good. Right. Man, we All really, right. really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, God, it's been I so great talking to you. Yeah. Oh well, thank you. I appreciate you having me. I will uh, hopefully see you at uh, at one of these uh, crazy, um, you know, fan fests. Somewhere. Yes. I can't wait. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely I, I really cross paths. Yeah, we will. We'll cross paths. I really had a, a good time in Tennessee. I would love to come back down yeah. there. Yeah, we'll definitely do. Definitely yeah, do. for sure. You, you hear? All right, cons in Tennessee. You heard it, the man. Bring him down. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey. Yep. That's right. That's right. All right. Good luck to you. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Carl. You bet. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. All right. Take care. Carl York. All right, Carl York. Wow. wow, he's got a lot of stories, a lot of amazing stories um, yeah. to tell. Yeah. And, um, Very cool. Yeah, it was really interesting to talk to him and how he, how he, the whole Cannibal Holocaust thing come about. Because, you know, right. you can, we can talk to actors all day long that's, you know, done horror movies, but this is like an extreme extreme horror movie so <laughs> right 
completely right. Arrested. And and that's a and that's the thing, you know, when you make a movie, you, you don't know where the life of it is really going to go necessarily. It is kind of a gamble, necessarily. You know, there, there's there's few movies that you just know is going to be something, and you know, to just like what he did, just to get in, to go down, you know, to the Amazon, not knowing really anything about it, just taking a gamble, taking a shot, seeing what happens. And then here we are over 40 years later talking about it uh, is, is pretty crazy. Yeah. Now, my question for you is if somebody comes to you tomorrow and says, Hey, I got this movie. We're going to make it. It's going to be in the Amazon. I can't tell you more details. You want to go or not? You going? No, sorry. <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> no, I've seen Cannibal Hall. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, my God, that's, that's crazy. No, if the acting was, my only job, then mm-hmm. yeah. If acting was my source of income, then I would have dropped everything I was doing and probably, um, probably went. And you know, the being going in like a completely different place like that, you don't know anyone, it's kind of adventurous, I think. Um, that's sure. kind of fun, but sure. but I uh, I do not do acting for full time jobs. So, <laughs> and what about you though? Somebody was like, Hey, I've got this opportunity. You could direct this movie, but we need you to like at the airport tomorrow, and you you got to be and it come down uh, come down here. We're going to the jungle. What would you say? <laughs> I'd be like, uh, I I don't like bugs that much. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I snakes. Forget it. Uh, yeah, I, the thing about like that sort of the conditions and stuff, and we didn't talk to Carl about the conditions, uh, uh, which because we, we just talked about everything else. But you know, like sometimes uh, that that is what makes the movie. It can make it better or worse, I think. But you know, I think you know that that is the experience there is just trying to live in it. Like you know, if you're making a movie in the cold or you know making a movie, you know, like he he was in the Amazon, you know, which I'm sure it was not exactly pleasant weather. Um, in conditions, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, I think uh, like the crit- the critters and the bugs would get me mm, alone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it it might it might work best. You know, we, they talked many times about Texas Chainsaw Massacre and how the hot is really what kind of made the movie as sort of slimy as it is. You know, mm-hmm. um, and so I'm sure that would um, play a big part in it and those kind of things. But uh, I would prefer to have heating and cooling you know (laughs) (laughs) ac (laughs) and just uh you know of course i I have i've i've filmed a lot of stuff in the cold and 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 some stuff in the hot you know and so it it always does sort of uh make makes the uh filmmaking process a little bit more challenging oh god a hundred percent because if you got all your actors lined up you got every everything ready to go you've got the date in place and then it comes a damn thunderstorm or it starts snowing. You just got to keep on going and just make, make it work. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 Or if you're making a movie and it just doesn't line up until the, the, the winter and you're going to be, that's when you're going to shoot it. You know, it's like, a, a, it, especially if you're in places where you don't have a lot of good heat, heating, you know, it's going to be a fun time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, when we filmed Brimstone, which is my first movie, um, we filmed we started actually we started in october but we didn't get it finished really until december uh, and, and actually that october the late october was kind of cool we had some cool days you know and uh we were filming 
like in a barn <laughs> and and like a little shed area uh, at one point and like literally the actors would go we do the scene and as soon as they were done they were just covered in blankets <laughs> because it was so cold oh wow yeah you know because you know, I'm I'm there with the jacket on. I'm 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 fine. I'm, I'm not, you know, I, <laughs> I'm not too bad. But you know, they're they're freezing. You know, so yeah, because we're not, you know, the story isn't set in the cold, <laughs> but but it is. So. It's it's funny how you say. <laughs> it's funny how you said that sometimes like the environment really kind of makes like a scene. It could be one thing, but if you put it in a certain environment, it could be something completely different. Like, and I'm going to give you an example. So as you're telling me. <laughs> Saying this, I was thinking about us filming not too long ago in a barn that was really hot, and I had my, you know, my makeup on and everything. And as the night went on and I was getting hotter, my makeup started kind of like melting. Uh -huh, yeah. But then I looked in the mirror and I was like, "Damn, it looks kind of fucking creepy as shit." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, wor it works. Yeah, yeah, it does work. It yeah. Works. All right. Well, um, you got anything else? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. All right. Well, this has been a great episode. So until next time, Bridget, you need to stay hard. Or... <laughs> I would tell you to stay hard, but no. <laughs> <laughs> stay hardcore. Hardcore. All right. All right. Until next time. Until next time. All right. Later. Later. Wow. It's hardcore. Nothing harder. Hardcore horror like Bridget is a part of the Tennessee, 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 Tennessee Horror Podcast Network. <laughs>